Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. I think this time we're exhausted, we're fed up, I think there's a family I know that wouldn't wouldn't start using the word struggling in crisis, but compared to what? So I'm struggling compared to what I imagined we would be able to do. Went downstairs to find a number of leaking nappies just, just around, still on people, but it wasn't great. At the end of the call, after I'd listed how, how we're going, I think for the first time he heard me say, not very well. So he sent me a few more messages and a few more Bible verses since then. Hello, this is the Faith in Parents podcast. We're having a conversation amongst three parents. We're talking about how we're doing in lockdown and we might offer some laughs and we might offer some encouragement along the way for parents who are raising their children to know Christ, even though for right now it doesn't feel like we're doing very much of it. <laughs> uh, I'm joined uh, by a normal guest, which is Amy. Amy, do you oh, want wow. to tell us who you normal. are? Normal. Amazing. You're normal. That's the best thing I've been called today. A normal guest. Yes. Hello, Ed. Yes, I'm here. It's Amy. Hello, Amy. <laughs> Does that mean that the next person is our abnormal guest? I, I'm slightly alarmed at how I'll be introduced now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Amy, how have you managed to get waylaid before you've told us anything? Amy, who are you? Where are you sat? How are you going in lockdown? I'm Amy. Um, I'm in Liverpool. I'm a mum of four children. I work part-time with Faith and Kids and at my church. And um, I am nearly all right. There you go. That's how I am. (laughs) Louise is our special guest. That's a, that's a better phrase. Yes, that's a much better way of saying it. I'll take special. That's it. Tell us, Louise, where you're sat, how you describe yourself to those who are interested a lot and how you're doing. I am sat at a makeshift desk, which my husband nailed together uh, at the first lockdown, which is wedged between the window and our bed. Um, and in order to get back into bed has to be uh, sort of forcefully shoved shoved downwards uh, so I'm perched on that desk um uh, looking out at a building site of a garden and hoping that none of our children interrupt me uh 
but yeah, anyway, I'm in Cambridge. <laughs> My name's Louise. Um, I'm a full-time mum and wife, and I work part-time for our church as our youth worker and some families work as well. Great. Uh, and my name is Ed. You you all know that. I'm the Director of Faith in Kids. I'm delighted to be in this conversation. We're talking about, uh, in the UK at the moment, we're recording this mid-January. Um, I, I think we're in sort of third or fourth lockdown, but fundamentally schools aren't open. Our children are at home with us. Uh, I think between us, if my addition is right, we have 13 children at home doing school at the moment uh and it's proving difficult uh amy can you start um how is lockdown going for for you what is new what is harder what is surprising you uh, i'm calling it lockdown part three um i think as with most trilogies they get worse as the story goes on um i think lockdown one was a bit new exciting ish um, we all rose to the challenge and came up with all sorts of creative things to do. We were all going to be powered through it by my colour coding and um, planning. And funnily enough, that hasn't sustained us thus far. I think this time we're exhausted, we're fed up. Um, my children are surprised at my constant obsession with fresh air. <laughs> Um, I made everybody go out for some fresh air the other day and um, my children pointed out that fresh air was not what they needed. It was fresh people, which I think was quite intuitive. I agree. Um, so I think my willingness to power everybody through and come up with something exciting and make the most boring thing, I know, let's eat popcorn while watching a film. Oh, you know, all of those things are just like, no. Just no, just don't want to do this anymore. So I think we're all feeling that and we're all feeling fed up and we're all feeling exhausted. And generally speaking, you just need somebody to try and bring the whoop. And um, there's not many people with any whoop left, is what is what I would say. There you go. Thanks, Amy. Louise, how, how is it going for you? I mean, what does a normal day look like? surprises difficulties well, should I describe today it being a normal day um so this morning as I woke up I thought today was the day that I'm going to start reading the bible in a year okay so um that maybe wasn't the wisest decision seeing as I woke up late and um, but I went for it so I've done the first three chapters of Genesis, which is probably the most amount of Bible I've ever read in a quiet time. Um, and I thought, yes, today's the day. This I'm excellent. Went downstairs uh, to find a number of leaking nappies just, just around, still on people, but it wasn't <laughs> great. So that, that started the day off not superbly. Um, then we were frantically printing out all of the sheets for the homeschooling. Death by worksheet. Death by worksheet. Good grief. I could, I should be like replanting a forest. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, so so we're doing that. Um, it's going okay. We've managed to log everyone on at reasonable times, although we did discover that my eldest daughter's first lesson was with the principal of the school. 
Um, <laughs> to which I walk into the room and say, Phoebe, language. Not that she was swearing, but I said, we're not over familiar with the Maui, darling. That sort of, so, so that's <laughs> what was going on upstairs. Uh, and then as more help was required during the reception phonics lesson, <laughs> which surprisingly I am bad at, um, uh, we were making a penguin. The two toddlers come in and I say, go away. Um, and I, they said, can we play with the box? I said, yes. <sighs> so then I walk into the lounge a few moments later to find what I can only describe as an indoor snow scene. So the polystyrene from inside the box has been totally disintegrated throughout the downstairs, actually. Perfect habitat for your penguin. Right. Amy, that's what I should have done. That would have got me brownie points with the teachers, wouldn't it? Picture with the penguin in the snowstorm. Yes. Ah. It's that sort of inspiration, Amy, you're right, that I had during lockdown one and now has left me. So instead, I just went, no, what have you done? To which they look at me with that look of, but you said I could play with the box, (laughs) mum. And uh, I said, right, just don't move. I'll hoover it. So I grabbed the hoover, okay, (laughs) Whilst someone comes to ask me about history comprehension, which I should know about because I did a history degree, um, and the hoover, then instead of sucking up the balls, everyone, here's a, here's a life hack, okay? The hoover does not suck up polystyrene balls, everyone. It blows it. It blows them everywhere. Oh, what a fun scene. Blizzard, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I had that grace. In that moment, I was like, wow. No! Um, everybody outside on the trampoline. It is actually a snow globe happening in your sitting room. Oh, snow globe. Yes. Well done, Louise. <laughs> and then I made someone cry over geometry. So No, everyone cries over geometry. <laughs> I don't even know what geometry is, Amy. No. I think that was where it went wrong. But so that's sort of that's how we're rolling today, Ed. And I wouldn't say that was abnormal. Well done, Louise. I was on a um I was on a Zoom call with my brother uh over the weekend and it's the first time he and i've spoken without you know parents and other sibling listening and i i was surprised that when he sort of said how are you at the end of the call after i'd listed how how we're going i think for the first time he heard me say not very well and he looked at me differently and i thought i guess this isn't that's not so normal in our relationship that i say that so he sent me a few more messages and a few more Bible verses since then. I think he's he is worried. <laughs> Let's make everybody around us panic. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I I think so. But I think that is that is my honest answer. So I thought I might as well give it to him straight, which is uh, I don't think we are going that well. And i i keep re- I keep thinking my my children aren't old enough to realise that it's no use me saying to them you all know we're unhappy with each other, not because we're awful people, but because we aren't out enough. We're seeing other people enough. So there are, there are really good reasons why this is as hard as it is, but it is hard. Uh, I notice, I notice, I think shouting is probably always a part. I do. 
when I do open the Bible with them and on my own, I, I, I feel different for the whole day. I notice that. I notice how, I notice how hard Zoom meetings are. I notice how hard conversations with my children are. If I haven't, it sounds very pious, but you know, like most things, church on Sunday, our church is still meeting because it's an all age church. It's only 40 minutes or 35 minutes. There's dancing now because we can't sing. So there's dancing and actions. Sounds amazing. Yeah. The minister said to me, do you think, Ed, you'll dance like this in church when we all come back? Which is code for, wow, Ed, this is a side of you I haven't seen before. (laughs) But I've never loved church so much. I don't think I've ever loved quiet times or wished I was doing them more before. I don't think I've ever loved seeing other people as much. You know, if someone knocks on your door and drops brownies round and stands at 20 yards and you sort of drag them into a conversation against their will for 10 minutes. I was just about to say, I think it's interesting that we all say we're, you know, we're not doing okay and we're struggling. And um, I think that's true for a lot of us. Uh, I don't think there's a family I know that wouldn't, wouldn't start using the word struggling in crisis. Um, but I also think compared to what? Compared to what? So I'm struggling compared to what I imagined we would be able to do. I'm not doing okay compared to where I think we should be. So you know, am I getting through the day? Are my children fed? Have we spoken to one another and have we gone to bed? Um, okay. That's amazing. And I, I find I got a new uh, cheapy active watch thing for Christmas and it's got a relaxed setting on it that makes you just breathe in and breathe out in time with the thing. And if you do the breathing in and breathing out in time with the bubble on your watch for a minute, the watch says to me, Good job. <laughs> Sometimes I don't do the breathing. I just wait for the minute to be over so that my watch tells me I've done a good job. <laughs> so, you know, I just think the standards that we're expecting and possibly setting for ourselves and imagining that we have, that we're going to do this amazing homeschool day, be fed nutritious meals, do do that we've got all these need boxes that we have to put plugs in for every child as, you know, we're achieving and we're going to come out of this stronger, better, fitter, We've done 10,000 steps and we've eaten five pieces of fruit. That no, I have got six hearts in my house and I am going to try and give each of those six hearts the help that each of those six hearts needs today. That's it. (laughs) All I can think, Amy, is that I fed my 15-month-old crisps for lunch. That was food. That was food. That was sustenance. It wasn't just one bag, Amy. (laughs) It was a couple. Um, the only redeeming feature of those crisps is that they're made with some sort of lentils. See? So, winner. Some crisps. Um, I've managed to fool him into thinking <laughs> that crisps are no food. I think the expectations that we have of ourselves are often really unhelpful. And I think particularly this lockdown for me has been the one of guilt. That that. That's the overarching emotion that um, I've been feeling, uh, yeah, th- this time. is just, I think particularly just as a mother of um, a larger family, I feel like I have to justify myself to everyone the whole time that it was okay for me to have this number of children. Um, and in order for it to be okay, I need to be fine 
with having them all at home and I need to be a whiz at being able to answer all their questions and I need to be doing their spiritual development (laughs) just really wonderfully and in a really holy way and in a way that we have wonderful deep conversation the whole time and actually that's that's not always true sometimes there are beautiful times uh, but a lot of the time it's just hard slog and it's learning that I am not strong enough to do it on my own it is God's grace Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah I've just really been challenged by my why do I feel guilty all the time it's because I'm not meeting my own expectations but actually it's God's expectations of me that need to be in the forefront of my mind not what the teachers think of me at school or what my Facebook friends in inverted commas think of me or even what my children think of me. Louise uh there might there might be some of us might be thinking, but God is God. So how does how does meeting his for some people hearing we have to meet his expectations can feel worse than trying to meet a teacher's expectations, and we don't even know her first name. You you, you know you, you, what you keep telling yourself is I I need to meet God's expectations. What are they in a day of homeschooling in lockdown? I am as a Christian. My identity is in being his child my identity is not in being a perfect mother a really loving superstar fit wife it's not in being the best teacher at home and making my kids think oh I'll never go back to school I love hanging out with mum all day (laughs) she's so good at geometry um it's none of those things my identity is in Christ first and foremost uh And I found that really challenging to always be rooted in being his first. Um, But also it means I'm forgiven. So when I don't meet God's incredibly high standards, it's okay because... I'm forgiven because Jesus died for every time that I shout at my child for not understanding the maths problem, for every time that I'm impatient, for every time that I compare myself uh, to what somebody else is doing. Jesus died for all of those moments. Um, And so I can be confident that if I am seeking to serve him, and serve him in the role that he's given me, which is to be first and foremost his child, uh, secondly, a wife, thirdly, a mother, fourthly, a youth worker, which I need to remember that a lot. That doesn't come up further on the list. If I'm seeking to do those things in his strength and not my own, then that's a win, isn't it? Yeah. That's a win. Um, yeah. And I, I think... Well, a massive thing I've learned throughout all last year uh, and now this year is to ask for forgiveness from him, but from those around me. And I guess in a way is, is that a helpful example to set for our children to ask for their forgiveness when I've wronged them? I, I don't know. It's just some thoughts, Ed, but I definitely don't ever think I meet his standard. I think God's expectations of me today 
or that I will need Jesus. And I just think that is very liberating when your feet hit the floor in the morning, that what God expects of me today is to need Jesus and what that looks like in how I pray and what I make time for and how I respond to things will, will be different. But yeah, I'm expected to need Jesus today. I think that's massively liberating. So something I think we often say on this podcast is that if we live in the West, if we have money in our pocket, if we have a roof over our head, uh, it it may be parenting that is the first place we discover we don't have everything that it takes. That the responsibility to raise another who who isn't guaranteed to be rational, reasonable, or intelligent, uh, or spiritually alive, that that might be the first place we realise we don't have we 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 don't have we won't have everything we need to make this go really well. Uh, and we and we. And although we can fool those who look on from a distance, we definitely won't fool those on who live who live with us. Uh, so, so perhaps lockdown becomes a sort of special forces of growing faith. Uh, totally, it is the spe- it totally it, does. It is the time if you know if by some weird miracle we got to lockdown, saying we're we're the parent who's smashing this. Uh, I I I suspect lockdown is the time. Uh, when we have been brought to our knees, uh, and, and look, look, if you're listening to this and that hasn't happened, it will. All credit to you, <laughs> and you will thank God for it because you will learn loads. Look forward to it, friends. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, one of you just mentioned, you know, apologising to our children. Um, it seems to me that if they're in school, you only have about four hours a day to wrong them. <laughs> now we can really we can really do the whole twelve Gets hours. A lot of damage. Multiply that by the <laughs> the number of children we have. That is a huge number of opportunities for our sin to go running around the house freely. So uh, if if we're saying sorry to one child at least every evening before we put them to bed reluctantly, then uh, that that means understanding what to pray as we put them to bed isn't so no. difficult right now. We're having a lot of family hugs <laughs> because there's things have gone wrong and something someone's upset and someone's upset someone else and you know we've I've learned a lot about how my kids apologize so like I make them say sorry to one another and explain their and that they they now can parrot fashion off what is required to tick the box of an apology. But actually, their hearts are only engaged when they actually have to hug each other. So there's been a lot of hugging. And then there's been a lot of whole family hugging. And um, I would say some of the best um, family Bible times we've ever had have been during lockdown because everyone's having a bad day and big things have gone wrong. And one of my kids is really, really struggling with um, anxiety issues and so to sit down and to have a family meal and fight for a meal to happen and at the end of that to read um, a family Bible time together, which, yes, Ed, we have been reading Meals with Jesus and he hasn't paid me to say that. We've been doing family meal times <laughs> and we sit down and it is like family therapy because we are talking about the issues that we felt in the day and the things that have gone wrong and the guilt and the shame and the upset about Levi rather than us so we can all talk about it openly and we can all say look how Jesus responds to this person and we can all ask questions we've all got something to say 
And then I get to see how some of my other kids handle the child who's who's messed up today and that they then I'm sitting like clenching my teeth. Like, are they going to use this as the opportunity to whack them? But they're not. I get to see them demonstrate grace. I get to hear my child who's blown it um, sit and pray and say, thank you, Jesus, that you came to save a sinner like me. We end a Bible time in tears. We have a family hug. We've never done that before. And we've done family Bible times before, but we've all been pushed so much more emotionally by our struggles that we've had to talk about things in a way that we never would before and pray like we wouldn't. It's so, yes, some of the precious moments have been around the Bible as a family, and that's probably the way it should be. Yeah, I agree. I think um, one of the great positives of lockdown for us has been getting into a routine of reading the Bible as a family. And um, it was happening before haphazardly, um, but lockdown gave us this incredible, amazing opportunity to not do a school run. Now, I know there are lots of people who love a school run. Um, I'm just not one of them. I'm actually a real introvert. I find the school gate really difficult. I hate talking to new people. I feel really self-conscious. And... um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather hide in a hole, to be honest. And um, Plus, you don't have to rush to get out, which is excellent because getting everyone out is a bit of a challenge in the morning. It's probably the when you see me at my worst. So um, we just had this opportunity to sit down all together. Even my husband wasn't going into work. Um, he was working from home. So he could lead it. He was, You see, he was usually gone by 6 a.m. and not home till sort of 7 p.m. Um, and with the span of ages we had, it just, there was no way that it really worked to, for him to lead a family devotion. Or, so I was doing the majority of doing a five minute thing before we all raced to put our shoes on. But lockdown just gave us time to read the Bible. And um, that has been a very precious thing, which I desperately don't want to lose. Um, so, yes, that's been a great thing. Um <laughs> Uh, Amy, I love listening to you talk about you all hug each other <laughs> and talk. And I can't, I wish I could say that was our experience. Um, <laughs> again, the introvert within me finds it very difficult to have a DNM with someone. Um, I, I actually get quite choked up and I have to talk about how I feel. Um, and this is a trait that seems to have been passed down to the next generation of silks so we actually don't find it overly easy to um, speak but again having time to do that has really helped with that and um, all being able to sit around for a family meal that's amazing <laughs> oh listen listen twice a week twice a week if you get twice a week is my standard sometimes it's pizza on the sofa twice a week is is a, is a win and it could be that our t- your timings at home are different to how they used to be. So it might be that there is a time now that has opened up that wasn't there before. So exactly as you say, Louise, instead of trying to rush to work out when in the morning you can sit down, uh, my new technique is during lunch. Uh, we all have to eat lunch. It's not, I mean, if you have children at different schools, it may not be that easy. But I, I have found you wait three minutes until half the plate is empty, you know, the, the the initial conversation, the initial irritation is out. 
but the the plate isn't empty so there's still a reason to be sat there that's when i try and pray and open the bible i put up with people spitting food around while they talk about levi that's a small price to pay and so that by the time the meal is finished the bible time is finished too uh we set our expectations low it t- twice a week would be a massive win if you've never done this before then I mean, pick up Meals with Jesus. If you follow Faith in Kids in any way, I can't believe you don't know where it is or how to get hold of it. But you you pray, you read three verses, you ask one question to each child, you ask a question that you know they'll be able to answer, then you say out loud, you have just smashed it. Thank you so much. I normally say that is the most encouraging thing I've done today. It's I never lie with my children deliberately. So it usually is the case. I thank them. They do get, I think they really get that their dad, they've seen their dad cry more in the last six months than the rest of their lives put together. So they know when dad says, you've really encouraged me today, you've done something for me. Uh, uh, which isn't the goal, I know that. But it does. I think it does help them get that this has been really valuable. And it's okay if it ends in an argument and you don't pray to finish. The Lord absolutely understands if you have, you know, Sabbath rest lasts forever. It's like that. If a Bible time never ends and it just peters out into a conversation about maths, (laughs) that's still a win. You don't have to end it neatly. You don't have to end up with people still talking. If two children are on the steps for being naughty with their dinner, that's still fine. Well done. Uh, And Louise, if you were in my family, I'd be giving you a piece of paper. I'd be saying you can write it down in there. You can put it in an envelope. If you want me to know what you think, you can give me the envelope. If you just want God to know, you can put it in the cupboard. I feel like I'm in therapy, Amy. (laughs) So if you want to write anything down and send it to me, Louise, you can. I'm doing it. I'm doing it now, Amy. I'm doing it. (laughs) This is a really helpful conversation about how we can keep, keep going, how we can get the Bible to bear, how we can self-talk ourselves into a better place are there things we think we have understood about what we would say to our good friends who are finding this difficult you know some not to say the things you've already said aren't great things to say to others but that conversation we might have with a phone who's who with someone we know is finding this particularly difficult is there something we've decided we generally offer? I know that when I found a verse in the Bible I love, I tend to give it to as many people as I can because I don't know when the next one's going to turn up. Not that people phone me for advice. I mean, people don't really do that. Um, but if they were to... <laughs> or if you were to phone them and offer them love, proactively. <laughs> Come on, Louise. <laughs> okay. No, um, I think looking at Jesus is always my place to go, whatever happens, whatever valley you're in. It's him that you look at. And there are just some incredible places in the Bible to go and uh, just be reminded of what Jesus is like. And um, at church recently, um, we've been doing Psalm 23, which is um, a psalm that loads of people will know anyway. And also really easy to teach your children because they like sheep, it turns out. So uh, shepherds, sheep it's oh it's it's winning it crosses the age span in our house so it's great um but yeah looking at what Jesus is like in that psalm has been so super encouraging um uh for us verse one 
the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I think I've said that to myself more times <laughs> over lockdown than anything else because, uh, and I have had the conversation with my kids tonight, but but I want a PS4. I want a, I, I want to go to school. <laughs> right. But actually everything that God knows what we need and everything that we need is met in his gift to us in the Lord Jesus. And that, that, you know, it's no great wisdom. It's just utterly wonderful. He saves me. He looks after me. He, uh, he feeds me the right stuff, which is which is good, better than lentil crisps even. Look at that. <laughs> Overflowing though, definitely two bags. Have the whole packet, Henry. <laughs> Eat the whole lot. He gives me relationship. He gives me ultimate truth. Everything I need, I have abundantly in the Lord Jesus. And that that is what is keeping me going. Thank you, Louise. Uh, can I, before Amy offers hers, a friend sent me a um, a letter that came from John Newton, amazing, Mr. Amazing Grace, Mr. Ex-Slave Trader, Mr. Lived a Long, ti- long Time Ago. I thought you were about to be really edgy and say, Mr. Love You Long Time. <laughs> Lived a long time. Sorry, Ed. Carry on. John Newton, back in the room. The letter is entitled, A Letter from John Newton to a Despairing Woman. So I, I believe this is also to a despairing man, but it, it, but it can be. He starts off with this paragraph. They who would always rejoice must derive their joy from a source which is invariably the same. In other words, from Jesus. Oh, that name. What a person. What an office. What a love. What a life. What a death. Does it recall to our minds? Come, madam. Let us leave our troubles to themselves for a while and let us walk to Golgotha. He then writes these four paragraphs. At Golgotha, at the tomb. And he finishes with this paragraph. I hope this little walk will do us both good. We have seen wonderful things today. Wonderful in themselves and wonderful to compose our spirits and to make us willing to suffer on. So John Newton says, let's go for a walk. Let's get some fresh air. Let's look at Jesus. Let's look at him as long as till our hearts see how good he is and then say we can suffer on. The suffering doesn't stop when we look at Jesus. But I, it, it takes a brave person, I think, or maybe a godly person to say, I'm I'm not actually going to help you know how the problems are going to disappear or improve, but I'm going to show you Jesus. And you, you risk being that pious person uh, who the person puts down the phone to and say, it does it again. But we believe there's value in it. Amy, tell me what you say to the person on the phone at the end of the, uh, the path. Um, I think I'd try and say, uh, lots of lots of things. I think I'd try and say, you know, find a reason to laugh, find something to enjoy, eat some chocolate, have some fun, find a positive. And then I'd say, because they matter too, um, I'd say keep talking. 
Um, keep telling people what you're struggling with. Keep keep being real. Keep being honest. And then I'd want to, because I don't want to say shush, none of those things matter. Just let's open the Bible. I'd want to say all these things matter. Let's keep talking. Let's look after ourselves. But also let's remember we have faith for days like these. We have a saviour for days like these. We have an answer for days like these. We have a truth to cling on to for days like these. So we have faith for now. We have hope for the future. This will not be the way things will always be. Um, We're living in a not yet scenario. We are not yet in heaven. We are not yet out of lockdown. We are not yet back with our church family in the way that we long to be. We are not yet. We are not yet Jesus. We are not yet home. So I'd say cling to faith, don't forget hope, and love like you're loved. So you can only love the people in your home and the people that you're struggling with to the amount that you understand how much you are loved. So if that takes a walk round the block at night with a podcast on, that is going to remind you how much you are loved in Jesus. If that's because you, you can't read because your head is cabbaged, you know, do that. If you can't get up in the morning to read the Bible because you're just utterly exhausted and you can't find space, you know, leave one in your toilet and grab a psalm when you're in there. Or, you know, put put a podcast on by a preacher that you love and, you know, do the dishes and say, sorry, sorry, I can't hear you, and carry on. You know, whatever it takes to remind you of how loved you are in Christ so that therefore you are able to give again to your family. So faith, hope and love. The greatest of these is love. Somebody said that once, I think. But there we go. I'm pinching it. Are there any upsides we reflect on as parents particularly, but just generally as humans? Are there any upsides of lockdown, Louise? Oh, yes. I um, we, got, we got a New Year's card through the post the other day. Uh, and on the front, it had uh, a family photo of who it was from. And it just said, good riddance, 2020, uh, which is actually quite amusing. Um, But actually my heart sank a bit because for us, we have found some real positives. Um, And I think if we're quick to join join the media and say, it's awful, Uh, everything is dreadful, actually we're forgetting that God is in charge, aren't we? That this isn't, this isn't, uh, you know, a spanner in the works for him. <laughs> this isn't outside of his plan. Lockdown is part part of his plan. And, um, yeah, we can really testify to some really good times. Like Amy was saying, the importance of having fun. Oh, my goodness. That has just been – Nick and I, um, we're quite sort of jokey anyway. Um, but the importance of that in our family – has um, been really driven home. And our really great family times have been when we've been given the opportunity by lockdown to have extra time together. And that doesn't mean we don't argue. That doesn't mean we don't have tantrums on our daily walks um, or anything like it. It doesn't mean we don't throw, throw, throw burrito actually at people's faces, but it has allowed us to enjoy being together a bit more just doing stuff that is fun because it's fun like you turn high school musical up loud that's fine you you do the dishes to high school musical and just dance around you send birthday messages to people where we're all dancing it just do something that you enjoy and we've had great fun doing that together plus 
The lockdown lays. Oh my goodness, I love it. Like, we don't have to get up till seven. It's okay. In fact, maybe even a bit later. So there have been real benefits for us, but there are hard days too. Louise, thank you. Amy, upsides? Are there some? Ooh, upsides of, of lockdown. I think my children have, see, have seen me broken like never before <laughs> and the rest of us. So I think um, a new level of of honesty with one another has been achieved. Um, I kind of feel like some nights have felt like, you know, I'm waiting for the, the camera to jump out and it's been like, you know, a drama reality show thing. <laughs> it's like, no, this is actually my life. Um, people. I've always said to my children that people matter more than things. And like my big mantra has always been people matter more than screens. If people are here, put the screen down. And I think my children now believe that that is true. So that I think they always thought that was just what I said, but now they feel like that is true because you could have had screens coming out of your ears and it hasn't meant anything. It has just made you miss people so that you understand that that that, that importance of being part of a tribe, feeling connection with community, having friends that you can talk to about what you're going through, church, like you miss it. And like being dragged out on time and get there and, you know, that, that you know, oh, it's a junior church system. Oh, was it impact tonight? And the, you know, the pressure of those things. Wow. You know, now they, now they've been pulled away. Wow. You were right. They were great. They really helped. So, you know, perhaps they'll trust me the next time I say, you know, Jesus, not, not stuff. Do you remember how I said people, not things? And I was right. Jesus, not stuff. I'd say that's our next battle. And we do know our children better. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. We uh, we would never have seen what they were like doing geometry, doing phonics. We would never have understood what makes them fly and just get on with it and what makes them really ache. And my, my children have even said to me, you actually work quite hard. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. I think they just imagined I lay on the sofa while they were at school. It means also we we can have a better go. Someone asked you recently, what do I pray for my children? And the answer right now, I think, is probably better prayers than they were a year ago. Probably more wholeheartedly. Than, and and uh, I'm trying to pray with, with them more honestly. Uh, I'm sharing with my children more of those people who are going through real difficulty and suffering at the moment. And I, I've tried to share different people with different children so that we get to pray properly and it doesn't just become a family conversation about people's particular suffering, which I find quite painful. It feels a bit like it's sort of family gossip. You know, give us every single detail about that broken life at the moment. Has has that person broken more today? Whereas when I just talk to one child about one person who's suffering, it tends to be less of a conversation and a bit more prayer. I think I think that those things are blessings, and uh, and I suspect previous generations would be less confused by these things than we are. That that can't be a terrible thing as a Christian. Just to reflect that if we join with brothers and sisters around the world and of previous generations in understanding how to raise our children through hurting times, they would say we'll benefit. Louise, would you be willing to pray for those families who are listening? Yeah, of course, I'd love to. Thank you, Heavenly Father, uh, for all that you give us. Um, thank you so 
much for the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. We thank you that we can look to him um, every day uh, and know him more closely during these tough days. Father, uh, we're sorry when we miss opportunities at home uh, with our children, with our own discipleship. Uh, please, may we make the most of this uh, third, fourth, whatever it is, lockdown uh, and use it for your glory. Please teach us and shape us and mould us. Please remind us of the great treasure that we have in our jars of clay. May we share it with our families and in any way we can with those around us. Father, please grant us by your spirit patience, love uh, and joy and kindness, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you who are listening. Well done. The Lord has you today. No matter how broken you or your family feels, the Lord is for you, loving you immeasurably more than you can possibly get into your head. He is your shepherd. Thank you very much, Louise. Thank you very much, Amy. I'm encouraged. And even if no one ever listens to this, it all have been an hour well spent. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Just before you go, thank you so much for listening. My name's Rachel, and I'm fairly new to the Faith in Kids team. Just a quick shout out that we've produced a book, Meals with Jesus. Ed's written a collection of 10-minute family devotions that explore Jesus' character through nine meals he shares in Luke's Gospel. Maybe now is the time to build new habits for your family through lockdown. This book is to help you have a go at reading the Bible with your kids, maybe for your first ever family Bible time. Meals with Jesus has separate questions for different age groups, so the whole family can enjoy looking at the Bible together. As you read these passages, your children will be transported to the dinner table alongside Jesus, seeing for themselves who Jesus really is and why they can trust him. You can either download the ebook or order a print copy by heading to thegoodbook.co.uk or thegoodbook.com and search Meals with Jesus. Jesus.